Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to episode 130 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty Porter, the host of this wonderful, wonderful show, where each and every Wednesday, I get on here with a new interview with a fantastic fantastic creator, and this week is no different. We are brought to you by two different things. The first one is TubeBuddy, the tool that I use to help me take my YouTube channel to the next level. And the other one is you guys over on Patreon. You can throw me as little as a dollar, as much as you want, really. And with that money, you're going to get access to a private Discord channel where you can talk YouTube and YouTube stuff with all of the creators that you've heard here on the podcast, as well as myself occasionally, and best of all, just other creators that are like you in the daily grind, where you can bounce ideas and topics and things off of each other, a place to share your most recent uploads for critiques and other things of the the sort, basically. So hopefully you guys will find that interesting. You can go on over to patreon.com. The link will be down below in the, uh, basically in the show notes of this episode. I would like to give a shout out to uh, the most recent patrons uh, coming in from Mark Spurl, uh, or Spurrell, maybe, Alex N., and Mitch. Uh, since last week, those are the three new patrons, so hopefully you guys will find that uh, valuable and some interest there. Um, if you're a new listener and you're like, man, what is this show? YouTube Creators Hub? Is it about this, that? Basically, I get on here, like I said at the top of the show, I find and seek out uh, interesting creators and I break down their success. I talk about, um, you know, the different ways they've gained, uh, you know, traction in their niche on YouTube. Uh, I talk about different ways they are uh, utilizing things such as keyword research, things such as uh, optimizing thumbnails, their workflow as far as editing, as well as outside things that affect their success on the platform that is YouTube. So if you are a current YouTuber or you're someone looking to get into YouTube, this is the show for you. And you may be thinking, well, they're on episode 130, so maybe I'm not going to buy in right now because uh, it's already on its last leg. That could not be further from the truth. I've got interviews lined up for months to come now. I've got content already prepared, new things coming out for the show. This literally is just getting started. Uh, and so again, want to thank TubeBuddy and the patrons who allow me to continue to do this week after week because if it wasn't for you guys, I would not be able to do this. Now, and last I've got some uh, interesting, uh, I guess you would say, happenings uh, for you guys. Uh, I mentioned this on my other podcast, the Two Buddy Express Show, uh, which you can find linked down below as well. Uh, but basically, about a little over a year ago, maybe a little under a year ago, uh, when the whole thing came out about the partner program and everybody was up in arms about you can't start a new YouTube channel and you can't do this, you know, and and there's no need in doing all that because you're not going to make any money, right? You're not going to be able to reach those 4,000 hours of watch time in a year and 1,000 subscribers or, you know, 10,000, whatever the, the subscriber mark is now, uh, which is 1,000. Uh, and so I decided I'm going to start another brand new YouTube channel. I'm not going to use any of my uh, clout from the podcast or my other YouTube channel that has over 200,000 subscribers. And I'm going to see if indeed this is impossible. And I was going to try to get it monetized within a year. And by the way, 
I did that. The name of the channel is called Online Business Realm. I actually started up a podcast uh, to kind of go in tandem with it and did about 30 episodes interviewing entrepreneurs. Basically, the whole, uh, I guess you would say, theme of that channel is about another passion of mine, and that is online business and entrepreneurship and building a business from the ground up. And so I do a lot of tutorial videos, and I actually hired a guy to do some random internet videos about how to stuff and things that I really know how to do well. Uh, and, you know, I did the thumbnail stuff. I, you know, obviously installed TubeBuddy and lo and behold, boom, we're good to go. That channel now has over 1,200 subscribers, over the 4,000 hours of watch time, and it's already got videos with over 50K views on it. And so uh, it can be done if you're willing to put in the time and you're willing to learn and be knowledgeable about what you're doing. It can be done. So sit back, grab your popcorn, go for a run, stick those earbuds in your ears, and enjoy. Hey guys, and then so uh, after that opening, I recorded and then went ahead and processed the interview and put it here in my audio editor. I realized that for some reason, uh, my recorder this week decided to act up a little bit and my voice quality of the interview does not sound near as good as it normally does. And as you guys know, something I pride myself here on the podcast is the quality of the interview. Uh, it's definitely uh, perfectly fine, but as far as the standards that I've set here on the show, it's something that I don't want to do in the future. And so I apologize in uh, in the beginning here to let you guys know that this interview's quality is not as good as normal, but just know that coming next week, it should be fixed. That was all my fault, had nothing to do with David uh, or anything that he had set up on his side. So it was all my fault. Just want to let you guys know that. So here is the interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's conversation on the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty Porter, as always, uh, just so excited to be here today, and I am joined today by my guest, uh, David. He is a Montreal litigator turned YouTuber. He's a husband, father of three kids and two dogs. After a decade of commercial litigation, he decided to pursue his passion, the thing that makes him happy to go to sleep and excited to wake up. He makes YouTube videos to make people happy and to share his life experience with the world. David, how are you today? Very good at yourself. I am doing fantastic. I'm just stoked to be here today to talk to you about all things YouTube. And so uh, let's go ahead and just jump right into it, David. Um, let my audience know a little bit more about who you are, David, the person, and then how you got started on YouTube. All right. Well, it's great to be here. Um, David, the person. I'm, I'm a Montrealer, born and raised, youngest of five kids. Um, had always had a passion for photography, videography, back when we had like the, the shoulder mount VHS uh, recorders. Um, studied for philosophy for four years at McGill with the view of going to law school the same way three of my other four siblings had done, my father had done. Uh, in our family, we are four of the five children are lawyers. My father's a lawyer. Uh, In-laws are lawyers. Law sort of runs in the blood and it was sort of you know, the, the path that I knew that I was going to be taking when I was studying philosophy, which, you know, a lot of people think has no practical value other than training you for, for law or for another uh, second degree. So went to study philosophy, ended up pursuing that path into studying law in Quebec City, uh, and then followed that track. I got a job at uh, what was Canada's biggest law firm at the time in terms of number of lawyers. Uh, I, I did my student work there, stagiaire there, which is sort of like a, an internship. Worked there for a few years as a young lawyer. Had my first kid, 
and decided that I, I, I needed a different schedule. I needed a, a different lifestyle because it was not uh, amenable to being a father and a parent. So I left after my first kid was born, started on my own, uh, literally uh, an office that was, I think, 600 square feet. The boardroom table is now our kitchen table. Um, started on my own, worked that practice up to three lawyers, a paralegal. At one point, my father left uh, his law firm where he was uh, reached the age of uh, what they call putting you out of the partnership. Uh, he wasn't ready to give up, so we started working together, and we did that for seven years. But um, litigation is a practice, and it's it's a job, and you have to have the stomach for it because it, it, it can wear on you. And uh, I did 10 years of it. Uh, and each year saying, you know, if I don't love it more next year, then I'm just going to do something else. Um, and so what happened is that in that decade of, of it was actually more 12 years um, of practice, uh, I, I started doing videos just as a, as a side hobby when I got my first GoPro in 2014 and started making silly videos, exploring the capabilities of the GoPro in terms of strapping it onto a, go, um, a toboggan. Uh, you know, playing around with it and then eventually putting a little piece of granola bar on it and letting a squirrel take it up a tree. And that first video, which went super viral, uh, it got like 5 million views in a week, which back in 2014, which is crazy. And I started doing interviews and, and people were licensing it. And I sort of discovered this whole other world where you can not get rich, but where you can make money off what you would be doing for fun anyhow. Um, and so I was doing these things in parallel, doing law, but video creation on the side, getting back to my childhood passion of photography and videography. Um, and one started picking up. And at one point I said, uh, you know, if I don't, if I don't change now, nothing's ever going to change. And so I, I, I told my father, I said, I'm going to wind up the litigation side of my practice and jump into this full time and just see how much of a go I can make of it. And uh, see if I can see if I can see succeed at something that actually brings me uh, indescribable amounts of fulfillment to do. So I love that. I love that story. And it's funny that that you had this job that was kind of like your family legacy per se. I guess you could you could even say um, you are part of a big family, as am I. And so I kind of know and can kind of relate to you there. You also have three kids yourself. I have a little girl, uh, and nice. uh, which is, uh, again, something that, that, that strives me to, to, to do better each and every day. Um, I, I want to ask you, though, let's, let's kind of transition into your YouTube channel now. Um, can you explain the name of your channel, which obviously people listening to this already know because it's linked down below, but Viva Free, what, what, what does that mean? Why did you name your channel that, and kind of – how did you decide the, I guess you would say, the trajectory of your channel once you started tinkering around with the GoPro and you decided to kind of make a go at this thing? Okay, so interesting question that people always ask. It, it, it was, I'll say the name was random in the sense that I picked up Viva just because it sounded like life, and I think it is life in a couple of languages, and Fry, which is the derivative of my last name, which is Freiheit, which literally actually translates into freedom in German. So it's an interesting piece of information. Freiheit is free and the state of being. So height in German is the state of. Like when you have Fahrenheit, it's the state of warmth, Fahren being warmth. So 
my last name literally means freedom. So I figured I'd take Viva, which means life and live free. And I had originally had a model, which I found was a little bit too close to the New Hampshire license plates. So mm -hmm. I just dropped the model from the, from the website when we put it up. But I just, I picked the name. When I picked the name, I had no aspirations of doing anything YouTube. I just picked it because uh, until then I had sort of a, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the standard banner on the channel and I had no name. I didn't want to use my real name to post videos of squirrels. Um, so I, I picked it just as a symbolic gesture of living free and, and sort of, you know, loving what you do. Um, and then, you know, when I started dedicating time and effort to actually growing the channel, that's when I realized, uh, you know, I, I, I could have done things better right from the beginning if I knew what I was going to want to be doing in two years. And a lot of people say that I should possibly change the name of the channel because, People think I'm a woman because it looks like Vivian or it looks like Aviva, but I, I'm stubborn. It's it's the name of the baby that was that I gave it before I even knew that it was going to grow up to be my child. Uh, so I, I'm stubbornly sticking with it. But I, I love I love what it means, and essentially it's just a derivative of, of half of my last name. And so tell people what you do on your channel. I think you've done a good job of giving us a story leading up to kind of how you got started on YouTube. But like tell people like what you do on your channel and what makes you unique and different. So this is the amazing thing. When I first started the channel, I was doing these things called Spartan races. And I was doing a, a, a video maybe once a month where I would run the Spartan races, which is the, these sort of OCR uh, obstacle course races. And I would run them in a suit and tie, lip syncing pop songs. And at the, at the beginning, you know, that's the, that was the content I was creating for six months. Um, so, so, so wait a minute. You're, you're, you're running these races and you're, you're videoing yourself and you're lip syncing as you're running these races. It, 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 was, it was crazy fun. I've, I just I haven't been able to do it as much in the last two years because I have kids and it's just impossible sure. to coordinate. But when, when we had one kid and life was easy, <laughs> I would run these races <laughs> with a GoPro on a stick. Um, I would have my iPhone in a Ziploc baggie playing the song of choice on a loop, a continuous loop for as long as my battery would last. And at periodic moments of the race, I would start lip syncing. Uh, take the content home, mix in the actual lip syncing with the obstacles, and you know people who did the the tour of the Spartan races and uh, the dead end race locally here, they sort of knew me, and, and it was a sort of a, a thing that everyone loved. Um, and that's the, those were the first videos of content that I would actually call like you know real content. Um, and then what ended up happening over time is it just it naturally transitioned as kids took over more of my waking life. Um, it became impossible to sort of create content that didn't tangentially or directly include the kids. Um, and so then, I, you know, I went from just doing random viral videos of, of squirrels stealing a GoPro or uh, drone stuff um, to doing more sort of storytelling of what it's like to, to be a parent, what it's like to have kids, what a day in the life is like, things we do as family, and, and just sort of documenting what all families do and what we would do anyhow. Uh, from a storytelling perspective to, to let people in and share the, the experience of life with them. Well, awesome, David. I love that. Let's uh, move on to uh, kind of your basically your success on YouTube now because, you know, you um, are already above the 35,000 subscriber mark. You've got a great tight-knit community there kind of consuming your content uh, every day and weekly. And so let's talk about business for a minute. You know, you're doing this thing now you said kind of full-time along with some other stuff, I'm sure. So let's talk about how you're monetizing your content and just the business aspect of YouTube and what you foresee in the future for yourself to make a living because let's be real here we got to eat right and you've got kids you've got family and so what are you looking to do to monetize and take care of, of everything like that 
So it's an interesting thing. I, 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 th- where I first discovered the revenue aspect of this was not from AdSense per se, because um, when I first put up the the first video that went viral, I'm not. I, I was monetizing, but had never even thought about it. It was just a, a setting at the time. Um, I discovered that the AdSense is one source of revenue, but where I've been able to call it survive because it, it is survival income and not uh, not necessarily sustainable. Uh, I'm still doing a little bit of law on the side and some other work to make ends meet. But where I found that the, the a greater proportion of revenue comes from above and beyond AdSense is from video licensing. And it's a funny thing is I did a, a live a live stream Q and A on this yesterday. Um, but basically, you know, you have AdSense, which is one way of making money on YouTube. You have brand partnerships and 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 sponsored content, which is the other way. But there's a whole world of video licensing above and beyond the YouTube platform itself, where in a vlog, which is not a licensable piece of, of, of uh, it's not a licensable asset that anyone's going to want to license from you, but you had, could have portions of your video which themselves could be saleable on, on their own. Um, for example, in, in a fishing vlog, which may be a family story of an outing on the water, you may have an amazing moment with a fish that MSN might be interested in running on their, on their news feed. And so what I do... Uh, t- uh, you know, parallel with making daily vlogs is licensing out portions of videos that I think have general appeal through third-party licensing agencies. And that actually, um, again, it's not life-changing and it's not sort of life-sustainable money, but it's it's more important than ad re- AdSense revenue. That's sort of what I've been doing to generate income from the, from the hobby. Um, and, you know, at, at some point I'm going to parlay this into something bigger where I were, you know, when I have... A, a larger subscriber base and more have more hopefully get involved with not product sponsorships because I don't want to sponsor anything I don't love, but contact the companies of products that I use on a daily basis and see if we can't work together to create amazing content because I, I have the mind and I have the creativity for it. I just don't necessarily have the influence or the leverage now to take my channel to these companies and say, this is what I can, I can get you if we, if we create content together. Not yet, right? You you definitely are on your way to that point. And it's funny, you know, people are so caught up in wanting to get their channel partnered so they can start making that ad revenue. But as you just mentioned there at the top of that answer, the ad revenue is, is not what's going to feed your family. I mean, yes, once you get a larger channel, uh, you know, I know my channel's 200 something thousand subscribers. You know, I get anywhere from 50 to 100,000 views a day. Yeah, the ad revenue is nice and it helps pay some bills and it's definitely uh, keeping me afloat per se, but it's definitely a very, very small piece of the pie when it comes to the grand scheme of things on YouTube. And a lot of people, I think, get in their head that they're just going to get partnered and all of a sudden YouTube's just going to start writing them a check for $4,000 a month just, be- just because they're in the partner program. And you and I both know no, David, that is not how it works. Oh, no, I, I think in, say in best case scenario, you're looking at $1,000 per million views. And so figure out how many channels get however many million of views a month or a year uh, to see what they can potentially gain from AdSense revenue alone. It's, it's, it's virtually impossible unless you're one of the big players who gets millions of views per video uh, and get demonetized. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this, David. What is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out on YouTube? 
Oh, I mean, in, in retro, I always cite or quote Kierkegaard who, who said, life only makes sense backwards, but must be lived forwards. There are so many things now looking back that I realize I had done wrong without knowing that I was doing them wrong. And there are things now that I know that I'm doing wrong, but I know that I'm doing them wrong. So it's sort of a different type of mistake. Back in the day, I wasn't even uh, concerned or paying attention to subscribers. When I put up the squirrel video, I didn't understand why people were subscribing because I didn't have any real content. I didn't have a, a lot of, uh, call it a library of, of content for people to look at. So I, I got these subscribers, wasn't paying attention to it, wasn't doing anything to sort of keep them engaged and to keep them entertained, and only realized two years down the line how important it would have been at the time to keep them engaged, to produce content that they would like, um, and to create the community that I realize now is so fundamental to uh, a successful channel. At the time, I'd get a subscriber and I would get the notification and it was interesting, but that would pay attention to it. And I didn't do anything to, uh, to, 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 to grow that. Um, and it was only really as of say two years ago that I realized it's engagement, it's consistent uploading, it's, it's creating and, and, and growing the community so that people feel welcome. They come, they comment, they watch more than 30 seconds of a video and they spread the word. Um, and so, I mean, that's really what I've, it's not focusing on. That's what I've been in, enjoying and engaging in now. Is 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 this actual community of I, I recognize names, I recognize uh, posters, uh, and we we have we have discussions in the comments section. People give suggestions. We do collaborations. It is really sort of a living, breathing thing. A channel. It's not just a, a static platform where you pop in a DVD and then walk away. <laughs> that is absolutely uh, one of one of the most uh, one of the greatest quotes I really have heard anyone give me in that answer is that you really you, that analogy is great. You can't just pop it in and just think that it's gonna. You, you've got to put the time in, and, and, and you've really got to put the work in. And I could not agree more. And that's it, it's it's funny. It, it's it's like a lot of things in life, David. When you want something so bad. It just, it seems like it's taking forever to happen or forever for that thing to come. But when you just forget about it, like you said about the subscribers, you didn't even know what it meant or why people were subscribing. You weren't even so consumed with the, the, the visual numbers on your channel. That's when the people started coming. And that's such a beautiful thing. Well, it, 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 it's, it is. And it's sort of, in retrospect, I didn't appreciate it at the time. And my objectives weren't the same at the time either, because I, I didn't really ever think I was going to move into daily vlogging, let alone daily videos. So the, the, your your appreciation for facts depends on what you're looking for at the time, and I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't that wasn't even uh, you know in the in my range of vision. Uh, as it became my not my my focus, but as it became something I was paying attention to, then I started to appreciate what it all meant. Um, and when I had my say my second or third spikes, I realized what had to be in place in order for the new people coming to stay there. Um, and so then you know at one point I realized. I have never put a custom thumbnail for any video I've been posting for two years, um, and I was barely putting in descriptions, let alone tag words, and I realized I've been doing it so wrong for so long, now I have to go back and pick the popular videos or the ones that have done well, put in a custom thumbnail so that it looks uh, you know, appealing to the eyes if someone comes across it, put in a proper description, put in tag words. Um, so you know, when I realized some of the mistakes I had made, not knowing they were mistakes at the time, correcting them took a lot more time than it would have taken just to do it properly from the beginning. But that's uh, that's what the learning curve is about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, what a what a what an awesome awesome uh, bit of advice there. People need to take that uh, that to heart for sure. Um, 
My next question for you is this. Um, are there any YouTube tools that you use, whether it be hardware, software, internet resource, or anything of the, uh, of that sort that kind of, uh, that help you get the job done on a weekly basis that you'd like to mention here? Um, so I've only recently started using Final Cut Pro 10. Uh, uh, before that I was just using default iMovie. Um, I, I, when I discovered copyright free music, that's when I think my vlogs took a bit of a spike for the better because up until that point I was just using iMovie default sound effects and, and those jingles. Um, so when I discovered the YouTube's database of, you have, you have NCS, you have copyright free music, and then you have actual own database of, of royalty free music that's good, you know, better than the default music that comes in iMovie or, or Final Cut. That's when I noticed the, a, a sort of a, a, a really big improvement to the videos and better responses from people viewing them. Um, and for the thumbnails, I mean, I, I no, that's the thing. I, I'm still sort of doing things in the 80-20 because there's, you, you could put 24 hours a day into this. At some point, you have to just take good enough as opposed to perfect. So for the thumbnails, I've been using uh, an app called PicMonkey, which basically just allows me to touch up the image, add some text, and I do it on my iPhone while I'm doing something else. Um, but th those are the three tools that, that I found have, have made an improvement to the channel. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. No nothing else more specific than that. No, absolutely. That's fantastic. Thank you for uh, kind of giving us some insight on your workflow. Um, if, if you could give one piece of advice to emerging YouTubers, people looking to start out on YouTube, what would that piece of advice be? It's interesting. I, I watch a lot of Casey Neistat now, and the, the funny thing is when I started, I didn't know who he was. Someone I only discovered him because one day somebody said, you remind me of Casey Neistat because I have sunglasses, although mine are prescription sunglasses, so totally functional. But when I started watching his, and he had a tip, which was just keep uploading. And I think that might be the best piece of advice that I've ever heard, and then the one that I often recite, because th there's two reasons why it's good. Um, to the extent that you're not putting out negative detrimental content, you're, you're putting out content and you never know what exactly is going to be picked up, what someone's going to love, what someone's going to hate. Um, and the, the, the prime example I think of from my own experience is this video, which I shot on my iPhone when the camera had a glitch in this little purple blob in the middle of the screen. But I shot the video anyhow. We bought an ostrich egg and we were going to make an ostrich egg omelet. Um, and so I shot this video. It was, I, I wasn't happy with the video because of this glitch. I, I then changed the lens, but I uploaded it and it's one of my most popular videos. It's like six and a half million views now. Um, and I, and I don't, you know, it's not that I don't know why. I think it's, there's a novelty aspect to the substance and the content, but it's just the randomness of uploading some things that pick up and other things that don't. Um, so th there's that, you know, put out as many lines as you can to the extent that they have good bait on them and you never know which one's going to get taken by a fish. Uh, in, and not in, a, not in a judgmental sense like people are fish, but you know the, the expression you cast lines and then see which one catches something. Uh, and it's the same thing with videos. So that's that's the one reason why the just keep uploading advice is the best advice. And, and the other reason is the more you edit, the more you do, the better you get at it, the quicker you can do it, the quicker you can turn around something from the raw content to a relatively polished video for what you know for however polished a video can get in one day. Um, so the, the only really way you learn for, for me, Final Cut. I consider myself to be a middle-aged person. I don't learn all that quickly, and it was very discouraging to work with Final Cut Pro, but just forcing myself to put out a video every day, I learned Final Cut Pro in two or three months, and while I think I might be like 50% capacity in terms of what it has to offer, I can now comfortably edit quickly 
um, to get a video out every day if I have to, which is which is my my goal. So that's it. You know, keep uploading because one video that you may not be in love with, someone else might be in love with, and and a lot of people might be in love with. And at the worst case scenario, you're getting the training as to editing quickly, putting in music, doing the fast cuts, uh, developing some editing tricks and styles of your own. Um, and it won't happen if you don't do it. It is so funny that it's it's normally those videos that we look at later and we're like, why would this be the one that blows up? Why would this video be the one that everyone is is watching? You know, why aren't they watching that other video that I put so much time in? It's funny the 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 videos that people kind of uh, uh, take to. Um, oh, no, absolutely. What uh, what's next for your YouTube channel? Uh, like as far as short term and long term for you, David. Like, what are you looking to do? So it, I, I'm long, short term. I'm going to look to continue doing the the same daily vlogs, short or long videos, depending on depending on what happens that day. Uh, continuing to explore my passions in terms of fishing, uh, drone, aerial photography, things like that, um, and just telling my life story and documenting it as it goes along. Um, the longer term, I do want to develop uh, brand partnerships with with. Companies and uh, with companies and products that I use. Uh, on the one hand, I, if I use it and I love it, I sort of want to sell it to people anyhow. And, and you know, when anyone says, "What kind of drone do you use?" I, I don't shy away from telling them. I, I you know, I use the DJI Phantom Three Plus. Uh, I have the GoPro. My camera's a Nikon. But those and uh, those are the big brands. But on the small brands, you know, I love I love local restaurants. I love eating. I love certain things that I would love to partner with the people who want to get their product, their message out to the people who have good product and who have good messages. So th that's the longer term goal is to actually develop these strategic partnerships, uh, which are, which would on the one hand allow me to grow, but on the other hand would, would, would create the content that would be compelling for my viewers to continue watching. Uh, and in, in, at the end of the month, I'm actually going to Cincinnati. I don't know if you know who Tim Schmoyer is. I do. Absolutely. So one, of the, I, one of the best in the business. Absolutely. And so he's giving the, the you know, video creators conference that they hold, I think it's annually for the last couple of years in Cincinnati, where we're going to like really get into the deep dive of YouTube, YouTube analytics, how to you know, branding, how to turn it into a business, what is otherwise your passion. Um, and hopefully you know, that's going to help, uh, help me get to the next level of, of YouTube, uh, YouTube videography, as I call it. I absolutely love that. And then lastly, this is one of my favorite questions. What do you think are your strengths and weaknesses as a creator and how do you i guess you would say make up for your weaknesses and how do you make sure that you you put your strengths and your best foot forward well strength it's funny strengths and weaknesses sometimes tend to be the flip side of the same of the same thing but my strengths are persistence uh you know obsession and and a tireless work ethic like you know i'll, I'll go to bed at, at one o'clock and wake up at six to finish something if I have to. Uh, my weaknesses, on the other hand, are you know potentially getting obsessed over certain details, um, which will then bother me or which might uh, prevent me from creating in the way that I want to. Um, and you know, along that lines, one of my one of my weaknesses is, is sort of a fear of upsetting people, which leads me to be a little bit restrictive in the type of content that I create. Uh, or the fear that I have says somebody, and then you know, going back and rereading, te rereading texts, rereading uh, comments, and it can have a sort of a crippling effect on the creative aspect when you are sort of burdened by these fears of of alienating your audience or not pleasing them as much as you want. Um, 
and and, and it, it can be stifling on the creative side of it. Uh, but it's it's part and parcel of the same uh, hyperactivity, uh, mental hyperactivity, as I call it. I love it. David, this has been so much fun. I, I love what you're doing. I love that you took such a leap of, of faith to, to join the, the YouTube scene. And I, I know that you're going to have just such great success with your continued dedication and passion like you just talked about. And so if you would, will you let my audience know where they can get in touch with you and find you on the Internet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and, and Dusty, this reminds me of my other favorite expression. I, I think it was Kurt Vonnegut, but I might be mistaken, that life is about jumping off cliffs and growing your wings on the way down. <laughs> so that's that's sort of where I'm at, and I'm, I'm flapping, but they're going to grow. Um, your, your viewers and subscribers can find me on YouTube. It's Viva Fry, V-I-V-A, new word, F-R-E-I. Um, they, can, they can reach me by email, david at vivafry.com. And I have the website, which uh, so far serves no practical value, but that is the foundation that I know is going to be useful in the future, and that's vivafry.com. Yep, definitely go check all that out. I think I butchered that word and said free in the beginning of the interview, and I do want to give a, uh, a foregone apology for that. It's, uh, David Don't just worry. told you guys what it really is. So, David, thank you so much for joining me today. What a great interview, and we'll uh, talk to you later. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.